when you go to the masjid, you know, over here normally you go to the masjid, you have you a shoe shoes. rack. <laughs> over there, they have gun racks. So. Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters and welcome to today's episode of the Unscripted Podcast where we have uh, a nice light-hearted conversation with uh, some interesting guests and we have a very interesting guest today indeed. We have our Sheikh Dr. Ali Ahmed all the way from Big Sheikh from San Diego, uh, California, USA. Assalamu alaikum wa Sheikh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Of course Sheikh Ali Ahmed, um, those involved in Dawa and uh, you know the community here and obviously in the US and California will know who you are but uh, I Not want to, to forget Malaysia as well and Malaysia mashallah yeah, so we want we want to years w- over there mashallah so. mashallah yeah. we want to get get to know a bit of your background and okay. uh, you know how, what makes you tick and stuff and the things that you you're involved with the different pies that you have your hands in at the at the moment um, uh, but I, I guess the way to introduce you would be you're currently a member of the Islamic Council of Europe and you're uh, kind of heading their um, expansion on their conquest into the United States of America to <laughs> yeah allow me to yeah. return back to America first <laughs> and then you can make that statement. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll publish this after you return safely inshallah. Okay, okay, good. Uh, but just a few, w- w- one, one of the things we do uh, with some of our guests is yeah. rapid fire questions to see, you know, um, how your subconscious ticks a bit. So okay. I'll just ask you a very simple question. Just the the first answer that you can think of, uh, just blurt it out. Like tea or coffee? Uh, <coughs> coffee. Because <laughs> I take it's both. Right? Okay. So you asked yeah, me to make you. I have I have a coffee right now. You have a tea. So I was yeah. thinking I was thinking yeah. going to say tea. Okay. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Uh, Pepsi. UK or USA? Uh, UK. Oh, mashallah. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> I was about to introduce you as a as a mashallah, big American patriot. No, no, good. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're one of those types of uh, mashallah Americans. America is very patriotic compared to. I refuse the to UK. Uh, to comment on yeah. any of your uh, insinuations. <laughs> so uh, we we will be publishing this after you return safely to okay. USA, inshallah. Okay, so you can you can gloves off now. You can be okay. you can be yourself. You, but is that something you noticed over here that people, apart from like you know. Things like jubilee celebrations that we're kind of uh, on the cusp of. And there's like no, not really much patriotism and nationalism in the UK. It's more reserved for like racists and stuff. No, actually, you know, in the US most of the conversation that you have uh, with people, what you hear, um, even amongst the Muslims, right? It's all about these types of celebrations mm-hmm. and it's about the king or, or, well, not the king, but the queen or the, the yeah. prince and... And the royal family, but you rarely hear anything with regards to the prime minister or what's going on. And it seems people like normally hate him. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like I, I don't know what it is. Is it you mm. know they put the love or the veneration of uh, the royal family, yani from a young age? I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, her face is on all the money. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but I mean, you know, our president's uh, face is on all of our money, but we don't really venerate them. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you. I mean, I see, you know, from TV programs and stuff, we see like 
you know they 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 stand for the national anthem in schools and what about here like no never never that okay. would be laughed at mm. i think i think there's just yeah but that's not venerating a particular individual that's mm. like the flag right uh whether we agree or not that's irrelevant but uh from their perspective they are uh for them it's the constitution and mm. the flag and and everyone else is below that right uh, just like how we have mm. it right uh, we venerate the quran and the hadith and everyone else falls uh below uh, below mm. that as well so did you find it more less or this about the same level of patriotism between uk and us it, well just different it, symbols. yeah it's just different symbols or mm. you know the way they express it yeah um it's also different but i think every single country nowadays whether right or wrong they do have some sort of um expression yeah. of loyalty whether to their particular tribe or country or ethnicity uh, i went to a, a a conference in turkey once a few months ago and it was like muslims and imams and scholars and stuff in in the uh, in the audience and in the and they just got up for the national anthem and i was like whoa this is <laughs> quite new you know, to they me. have this in malaysia as well yeah Right, they have that. You have to get up. Uh, me personally, uh, I don't get up uh, just because of my personal <laughs> beliefs. Whether it was in Malaysia or I'm even sure. in America, I don't get up. Um, and it has before, nothing uh, to do with that particular country's. You know, you know. Uh, was this before? Um, what's his name? Yeah, this is Yanni from Alan a young age. Uh, yeah. Kopernik. No, no, no. I probably was. I, I probably <laughs> was the uh, the uh, president for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. copied the Muslim. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so Britain or uh, or UK or USA, you choose the UK. So the the visceral reaction, inshallah. Okay. Um, biryani or naan? A biryani. Cake or gulab jamun? A cake. Uh, what kind of cake? Um, there's a few tiramisu. Inshallah. Gotta be careful with that one, though. Why? Because of the few. The yeah, has to be prepared by a Muslim or. Yeah, well, in Malaysia, that's all yeah. we used to. Mashallah, yeah. All right, so n- some non-food related things. Okay. Football or cricket? Which football? Oh, that's a good sharp yeah. one. Yeah, American football or American football or baseball? <laughs> no, American football. <laughs> I really don't understand that. I don't understand our football either, but. Uh, too much, but that's really com- confusing. Why is it confusing? Because you have to start, stop all the time, and probably need some love well, strategy. Need, and no, you, you need, need rest. You need rest. Yeah, yeah. Probably more fun to play. Street fight or Mortal Kombat? Street fight. Mashallah. Uh, <laughs> Glock or Beretta? Ooh. <laughs> I personally have a Glock. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's why I asked this because wh- when I was doing some research on you, yeah. one of the mashaykh said uh, he loves his guns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I have a Glock twenty six. Those are the only two guns. I know, I know, AK forty seven. I know Glock and a Beretta. I, I don't know I, that tiny. Gr- that no, no, that it wasn't. A, it was a shotgun. Yeah, it was a twelve gauge shotgun I had. Oh, so I, I hear you're quite of a quite a gun uh, enthusiast. Well, from a young age, yeah. Is that because you're American or because Afghani background, right? Yeah. So that oh, is a lethal combination, right there. <laughs> 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 what would you do if there was like a? I mean, you know, the the Second Amendment powered by 
you know afghan weddings afghan yeah so <laughs> yeah i mean in some parts of afghanistan it's not all parts just in some parts uh, when you go to the masjid you have um, you know over here normally you go to the masjid you have you a shoe shoes. rack <laughs> over there they have gun racks so mashallah yeah. is that something in the us as well budding in the us but no they don't have yeah. gun racks there but us is quite are you one of the kind of pro gun no i am or no i am 100%. what would you do if they uh, they they there's any debates about you know gun control have you seen this shooting yeah i, I well can't tell you what i'm going to do yeah <laughs> w- what do you mean like what am i going to do if they pass a law i mean any debate there's it's it's it seems to be one of those well look hot some of, of debate some of you know what the so called right wing um are promoting are is very much in line with our core values right uh, and one of them is the right to ha- to have access and bear arms mm. and that is very yani well from the islamic uh, perspective as well and uh, there's a hadith of the prophet ﷺ in which he said whoever used to know archery but they left it is not from us hadith in bukhari so you know if you ha- if if you have guns you should be able to use it in a way to for self defense okay you don't know what's going to happen especially nowadays with the gun violence the only way to repel that is not with flowers <laughs> right you got you have to repel you have to defend your family with what with guns but doesn't that lead to like just a whole society of just with gun violence on the like a main so okay so if I you mean, like put UK for example how's this if you put legal restrictions on law abiding individuals what they're going to do is they're not going to resor- they're going to abide by the law they're not going to resort to uh, buying guns from the black market whereas the criminals they have that access mm-hmm. so that equilibrium is not going to exist at least right now is somewhat existent mm-hmm. where people like myself we have access to legally buying and obtaining guns so if there's someone there, if there's a criminal at least i'll be able to manage it and balance that with you know mm. i have a bigger gun than you um <laughs> <laughs> just thinking is that the first time anyone said this in the podcast probably yes do you feel a bit unsafe then when you come to uk or do you feel safer or what uh, i feel the same yeah I, I think Even though there's not a many I mean look the crazies are always going to do something crazy right no matter what they use maybe knives right box cutters whatever yeah. it is so it's not uh, you know the instrument necessarily yeah. it, 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 it's just that probably America has more crazies cuz what i heard is switzerland has the same uh laws with regards to gun ownership as america but they have nowhere near the gun violence in switzerland mm. really yeah yeah so mm. one of the things i'm interested in um is just okay how would you how would you legislate in, in today's day and age from the sharia perspective uh you know in and bring statute law different laws in different countries yeah. closer to the the ideal you know closer well, to look you know if you kill someone without a just cause mm. or extra ju- judicial uh, killing yeah he deserves that qisas an nafsu bin nafs mm. you set that as an example for a few people that's mm. it you, you 
that that particular you know um, craziness is probably going to go away because when people look at oh okay if I commit this particular crime of killing I'm going to be killed in return they're going to think twice Unless as opposed to huh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah as opposed to Oh, I'll just be locked up or, you know, declare insanity or whatever it is that, mm. you know, nowadays they're letting criminals just go. Well, one of the things that interested me, though, that, that was your PhD was in Qada. Yeah. Or something, yeah. right? Islamic That's really judiciary. Yeah. Islamic judiciary and, and judgment and, and, and courts and that kind of stuff. So this, yeah. how did you get to that point of that, that interest? Could you maybe tell us about your background and how you kind of... Your Islamic journey yeah. So were you born and raised in the US? Or? No, I was born uh, in Afghanistan Then we migrated to the US at a young age So I did my uh, you know, primary, secondary education In the US uh, did my, I got a bachelor's in biochemistry Worked in the oh, industry uh, and then, but from very early on, I wanted to further my, my Islamic mm. knowledge I really didn't have an opportunity Once that opportunity was afforded to me or once I found it then you know the journey started for the next seven, uh, 10 years alhamdulillah so my PhD was uh, in brief in qada and then of course its subtopic would be in Muslim family uh, sector mm. and the case study in order for it to be more relevant would be uh, you know a particular country and I chose the UK and now you could see why I chose the UK, right? <laughs> I, uh, so I chose the UK as a study case. Mm. And the approach that I took was uh, a from a legal maxim perspective. So you're looking at minority. I'm looking Muslims at, minority. yeah, I'm looking at how can, so I'm looking at the legal maxims pertaining to qada in Muslim minority context. Mm. And so the case studies that I was doing was with the, with regard to the Sharia councils uh, throughout England. So, and the hope is, yeah, the hope is that you know this could be used uh, by others uh, throughout mm -hmm. either Europe or even North America to see what uh, some of the Sharia councils are doing here, the mm. reputable ones, and how they can improve. And uh, but that's one of our uh, aims mm. in the. Uh, goal, inshallah, in the n very near future. Inshallah, our meaning Islamic Council. Yeah, Islamic Council, and we'll be having branches in different parts uh, of the world. I do want to talk about the, the your your research in particular, but how did you end up there? You think you, think you so you were born in Afghanistan, raised in the USA, and then you end up doing a PhD about Sharia in UK from a university in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How did that work? Well, if you look at it that way, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. But uh, it just tells, I guess you could say, you're not... Okay, it tells you a few things. That you are trying to stay connected and, mm -hmm. and relevant with your home base. It tells you that uh, there is a vacuum in the body of knowledge when it comes to this. And it tells you that through academia, you can probably re raise more awareness than if you were mm. to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> can yeah, well you do the the the, the judges? The, the jury's still out on that one. Okay, uh, but uh, Okay, so what was your what was your research into? So you said the broad kind of topic is yeah. um, looking at Muslim family law. 
in the, within the context of Islamic judiciary yeah. of Muslims as minorities. Yeah, so obviously it's it's going to be limited in scope. You can't have criminal law here implementation according to the Sharia. And so Unless that's you're in Birmingham. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna comment on that. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Okay, so no Sharia knows it. No so go Jones. we know that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is not going to burden us with something that is beyond our capability, but something that is within our capability, such as uh, the family unit, uh, the nikah, the divorce, the khurr, the fasq, the inheritance, the yeah. financial dispute. This is all well within our remit. And if you don't arbitrate and adjudicate your cases according to the Sharia of Allah, then what does that tell you about your um, connection with Islam, your mm. love for the Sharia, for Allah? What does it tell you about your commitment to the Sharia overall? Right. One of the uh, things you hear people say though is Sharia is you know one kind of whole unit. You can't pick and choose. You can't implement some of you. Have to implement the whole thing. What do you say to that kind of um, no, argument? I, uh, no, I think uh, it depends in what context they said it. So first of all, I cannot mm. uh, say they are right or wrong. It just depends on the context, what they mean. But uh, I think uh, the ayah, okay, فَاتَّقُوا uh, Fear Allah, have the taqwa of Allah as much as you can. Mm. And also, لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا um, so you you go ahead and have the like for example here in the UK this is something my first time I've actually experienced it and that is the uh, what is it the twilight uh, perpetual twilight yeah perpetual yeah. twilight that you guys have which means your sun supposedly sets at you know nine ten nine fifteen p.m. Mm -hmm. right which means you pray maghrib but then. It doesn't really set completely to the point where now Aisha comes in and you yeah. can see the stars and it's complete darkness. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Do you completely just leave out salat, praying Salat al-Aisha? Or you will go ahead and calculate yeah. it uh, in a way that you say, okay, in a normal setting, this is how it's going to be. And I will go ahead and you will still mm. fulfill that. And even if your ijtihad is wrong, uh, you will still get one reward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you don't pray while you know you should be praying or you can pray, then the punishment is there because mm. you can't you, you can't disobey Allah based on ishtihad. Mm. Right? So yeah. just so, uh, you know, just so you can't just because you can't implement everything in Sharia yeah. um doesn't doesn't mean you're off the hook. Yeah, so so there's a there's qaida fiqhia. There's a legal ma maxim which says that uh, if you can do uh, parts of it, doesn't mm. uh, uh, you don't leave the whole part. So you go ahead and do what you can, uh, uh, yeah. and if you can't, doesn't mean you know. If you can't do the whole, doesn't mean you you shouldn't yeah. or you can't do the parts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, completely re uh, resonates, uh, and it, and it's uh, very rational as well, um, and, and it, it it's a reflection on real life yeah. as well. That you, you know you yeah. can't you can't like for example this podcast. I said mm. you know uh, they told me it's one and a half hours, two hours. <laughs> I said I can only do one hour. Yeah, and uh, you know they had you guys had a take it or leave it. But I was able to <laughs> yeah, convince Mahmoud, uh, Mahmoud the producer. <laughs> Let's do one yeah. hour because I, I I am invited somewhere else. Yeah. Um, he needed some fiqh in his life. 
ما شاء الله الميسور لا يسقط بالمعصور محمود ما شاء الله هيز فيري باشن نوت تو اديتر جست بوت ا بيكتشر اوف هيم اون ذا سكرين رايت ناو جست فور بيبل تو نو هو توكينغ اباوت سو يا اي مين this type of conversation is unfortunately is quite um controversial now online which uh, which conversation this which, uh, whole topic? issue of implementing parts of the sharia some people would go so far as even you know calling people sellouts and this kind of stuff and it's really kind of toxic in some quarters yeah. they have a good intention in that you know they want they don't want people to ignore no, parts of sharia no but if you look at even the da'wah organizations right which is apolitical apolitical meaning it's just da'wah Hmm. You don't call them hypocritical. Let, let's say, for example, uh, I don't. What, yeah. L- okay. Well, I'm not hmm. referring to you. Uh, let's say a, a particular da'wah organization only concentrates on the youth. You don't call them hypocritical because they don't concentrate on hmm. the family unit, or they concentrate on non-Muslims. You don't call them hypocritical hmm. because they don't concentrate on the Muslims, and or they only concentrate on. Uh, for example, yani, look, the, the da'wah has so many different mm. shades, right? Different spectrums. And there's just so much work that you could do. Mm. Instead mm. of replicating things, what we should be doing is, is complementing. Uh, okay. Uh, let's say, for example, uh, you have Sabil, right? Which I'm mm. uh, also one of the uh, Murabbins for. Uh, they are doing something from an tarbiya. Usul perspective, yeah. right? And then you have other organizations that are purely from a ilmi, ibadah, ritual perspective. Mm. You have some that take a very uh, li- so-called limited uh, view, uh, one madhab only type. And then you have others that will teach the same topic, but from a multi-madhab mm. perspective. And it, you know you can't really say oh he's doing wrong or he because every single one has khair yeah, yeah. and every single one have uh, shortcomings. So like the, when the Prophet said the, so the so. ummah is like a body. Yes. You know your hand doesn't do the same job as your foot. Yeah. And your brain yeah. and your. Yeah. You know. And you know because I'm in the uh, in the uh, I am the Islamic adjudicator in the Muslim family unit, right? So I tell this to certain families. I say. When it comes to uh, preferential treatment of some of your children over others, this is haram in in, in Islam, right? Uh, because to create animosity between close members of the family like mm. this is is prohibited, and that's why you cannot will any part of your inheritance to any of your inheritors, and that's why uh, a person who wants to marry, you know, a second wife, he can't marry. Uh, a close member of his wife Like his aunt, his sister and mm. so on Right, because naturally Polygamy will bring about You know, jealousy and Islam mm. Seeks to limit that uh, You know, as much as possible uh, uh, At least within the, the, the close The nuclear family or the close mm. family So uh, uh, And so One of the advice that I give to your parents that even if you have a, a, a child, a son or a daughter, who's really not contributing anything to the family, whether it's in terms of you know, respect or financial uh, resource or whatever it is, right? Don't kick them out. Don't distant them. Because one day, they are going mm-hmm. to come 
and be useful while others cannot. And I give the, the example of a spare tire. <laughs> I've been cold, Wes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you're... Okay. You know what we call a spare tire, yeah, right? A yeah. donut. I have one. <laughs> Stop. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, so, yes, so yes. a donut, sometimes, you know, it, it may never, for the life of the car, yeah. may never come in handy. Wow. But you have the security, knowing that, if it does, I have that. Likewise with the for. cell phone, right? I remember when the cell phones first came out, mobile phones. You guys call them mobile, we call them cell phones. Yeah. When they first came out, people were saying you should get it because if you have a flat tire in the in the, in the highway or freeway or you know you're, you're able to call a tow truck and you're like but what did we do before <laughs> see in america over there in the freeways we actually have phones here anyway huh we have yeah. phones on the motorway yeah so over yeah. there as well yeah. they have them every one mile or mm. 1.6 kilometers in, in your <laughs> case so every one miles mi as well huh you guys use miles yeah so you took on it the around. roads Huh? On the roads, we okay. use miles and stuff. Miles yeah. per Since hour. when? Since uh, miles were invented, no. probably over here. No, no. You look at yeah. it. When it says 50, does that mean 50 miles per hour? Yep, yep. So you've been speeding. <laughs> no, I've been under speed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah because I'm we going 50, 50 kilometers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm. Okay. It's worrying if you've been driving around here and you didn't know. <laughs> well, yesterday we were driving extremely <laughs> slow. Everyone was passing by yeah, us. Yeah, okay. that's probably why. So you see people will go ahead and buy um, a, a cell phone, even though they weren't businessmen, right? Because when the, when the mobile phones first mm. came out, who were the ones that were buying it? Yeah. Right? Businessmen people who and had drug business, dealers. Yeah, and drug dealers. So either you were a drug dealer or a businessman, but still you would see family members, especially the husband, would go ahead and buy one for his you know, his, his uh, university-going child, right? Just so they can have that can play uh, 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 peace of mind. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, treating uh, family members, uh, you know, especially your kids uh, equally, whether they are contributing or not, because unfortunately mm. in such a materialistic world we're living in, you have uh, money coming, uh, financial stuff coming uh, in between even, uh, you know, uh, 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 parents and their children. Mm. And uh, even one of the major cause, according to, look, we, we adjudicated 1,150 cases That's in funny. 2021. Wow. Or we took, I, I should say, 1,150, more than that, which is a, a large number of cases that we took compared to 2017, in which it was about 300 cases. So you see the, the exponential growth. Mm. And that tells you that people are trying to seek their solutions by living with, you know, through the divine mm. uh, laws and uh, guidance. So... Um, the number one reason disputes and talaq and these things happen is because of finance, the financial. People will go ahead and, and use mm. money as a reason to break their contact and their relationship with their wife, their husband, their parents. You know, people give a loan to their own father. 
Whereas there's a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, of course the authenticity is disputed, but nonetheless the scholars still use it, especially in the realm of qada. Mm. They say, Anta wa You and your wealth belong to your father. What mm. does that mean? I'm asking you now. Uh, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? What, what's the ramification of Anta wa abik? It means you shouldn't give him a loan. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, tell me if, kind of if from a, a judicial perspective. That's from a that's from yeah. an ethical perspective. Give me from since we're on the uh, uh, you know topic of judiciary. Yeah. What does that mean? What's the ramification of anta kuli abik? I don't know. I guess so. I'm I'm assuming it's not. I mean, uh, from a legal perspective, yeah. it's not the case that um, it's completely, you know, mutlaq. A statement of Okay, let's not go into the usul part. Yeah. Let's say you and your wealth belong to your father. Yeah. Okay. That he can dispose of it how he wishes, he can take from your wealth, he can Yeah, good. So that yeah. means if your father takes your wealth without your knowledge, he will not be accused of stealing. Mm. And his hands will not be cut off. Mm. And if a father kills his son, mm. yeah, let me make a disclaimer. <laughs> I'll make a disclaimer. Yeah, we're talking mm. about from a an Islamic judiciary perspective, mm. not the ethics, but the yeah. the legal yeah. ramifications. Yeah. And we're not. At, uh, yeah. So if he was to kill his son, he would not be killed. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't be punished in other ways. Mm. It's just that he would not get the capital punishment, mm. which in another in a normal case he would, right? Mm. Of course, and why is that? Because what, what came from you cannot be a cause of your dis- demise. Demise. What came from you, mm. you can't be in return a cause of his demise. Mm. Yeah, so at least that's what you know the scholars they try to explain. Mm. Of course, the, I mean, look, uh, there is a, a differences of opinion amongst the scholars. But uh, you know, from from according to some of the scholars, this is the ramification. But coming back to you know what I was saying earlier about uh, you know uh, f- uh, f- finances, yeah, how it's splitting families, and you yeah. have uh, you know they come to us and say, "Can you tell me what is my right over him, or what is her rights over me?" Mm. I, I I still remember. I told one couple. I said, "Okay, brothers." Brother, sister, let's not talk about rights. Because if I was to tell you what rights you have over him, you will be shocked. (laughs) And what rights he has over you, you will be shocked. Hmm. So let's come to something that works for the both of you. Right? So for example, uh, what's the right of the wife over the husband? That he provides food Shelter according to clothing. yeah according to what he mm. eats, right? Uh, cl- and shelter and clothing. But wh- how many clothing? Two pairs of clothes a year. <laughs> one in the winter and one in the summer. Mm. But are we really going to practice that and implement that and, and promote that? No. So what are we going to do? Say, okay, given the situation... Let's not talk about strict, you know, 
pure white and black type of no there's other ways if you have the ability uh, you should spend that's going to be sadaqah upon you yeah um, if she gets sick well at least in America right does the wife have the right of um, medical uh, bills medical so. bills now, according to the classical scholars no according to some of the classical scholars no Mm. But is that a way to live? Your wife, for example, is in uh, is in the hospital, right? And uh, you know she fell down the stairs, and she has to get X rays and probably an MRI. An MRI costs about two thousand US dollars, wow. right? The insurance is not going to cover it, right? At, or at least a hundred percent. So you do have to pay it, but she doesn't work. So if you were to follow the class, and this is with no disrespect to the classical scholars, they said that in a particular context, yeah, in a given you know context and culture, where so for now, example her her own father or brother exactly would, would yeah uh, her very tribe good. would very uh, good pay for everything yeah. and very good yeah that context does not exist now, and that's why what what my topic was. The application of qada in a Muslim minority context. Yeah. A Muslim minority context, right? So, you know, um, I think uh, contextualization of the text is very important. This is quite... Uh, uh, I see friends on social media and stuff, they say, they bring cases up like this quite often where maybe sisters might be... Um, uh, unfairly treated according to them by the you know the husband in a in a case kind of going to sharia court or council and saying you know um mm-hmm. divorce or whatever and she doesn't get i mean in you know you have this you have this uh this uh, i suppose dichotomy right you have yeah. the the western the, the english courts over here for example where you know she might get half of everything and yeah. uh and then someone says i want to live by sharia and then he says, so you get nothing or you get whatever. And they, they argue that because of this, women should go to the, the English courts mm. because the, 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 the rulings about, yeah. you know, um, what the woman gets in a divorce, they were in a context where the woman was financially looked after anyway yeah. because of the tribe, because of the yeah. extended family. Yeah. But now everyone's, for, you know, um, fending for themselves. Yeah. So now... In order for us to go ahead and provide justice for one, we are now committing injustice to another. That's mm. not justice. Two wrongs don't make a yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't make a right. And so, uh, yes, it's understandable that in the context that we're living in, woman, a woman who is going to be... De- actually, even in the classical uh, scholars, mm-hmm. they called it mata. You give her even after the divorce... First of all, you set her uh, free on good terms. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a huge thing. Forget about fine. You can't buy that, right? You don't make it. You know what they term nowadays as dirty divorces, right? And even if you know there's five kids, four kids, whatever, and she has dedicated her life to raising those kids. She doesn't have a career. She doesn't have anything. What is going to stop you from going ahead and still paying for the rent for her? 
she doesn't have any family members, especially if it's a revert sister that got married. We have cases like this. Mm-hmm. So it should not stop him that, look, now you're no longer my wife. Because currently I have a case like that mm. in which the husband and wife are separated. They're not divorced. The husband initially refused any nafaka maintenance. But later on, he came and he said, you know, I have a few kids with her. What is she going to do? Yeah, purely from a theoretical fiqh perspective, she doesn't need because she falls under a rebellious wife. No shoes, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you will go ahead and and, uh, withhold nafaqa with the intention of harming her. If it's with the intention of teaching her a lesson, look, and make her realize, then that may be okay according to your ishtihad. Like, for example, the scholars they mentioned about an individual who will divorce his wife while he's on his deathbed, just so he will deprive his wife from inheritance. Mm. Or he has a terminal sick, uh, not even on his deathbed, he has a terminal illness, and he's going to die, let's say, in six months. And the Maliki scholars, because of their, you know, they lived sometimes in a, in a very minority context, like in North Africa, even in Spain, so they were to a certain degree ahead of in just in this particular uh, uh, field. They said no. Even if he divorce her, and her idda is over, and she uh, and he dies after the idda period, she will still get the mm. she will get she will still get the uh, the inheritance, inheritance according to what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has specified, which is one eighth if there's kids and one fourth if there's mm. kids. So the Sharia has put those things, ihsan. So, but these are things you can't really legislate for in a in a sh- in a judiciary setting, right? Because it's about the black and white of the, what does the law say. No. So what we try to do is push for them to have an out of court settlement. Mm. Don't go through the lawyers. Don't go through. Settle your different. And actually, no. I mean, within the Sharia Council, even, even within the Sharia Councils, mm. we tell them to go ahead and settle this uh, with family members. So uh, they're coming to us, and we're sending them away. Seek that agreement with family members. Yeah. Seek that agreement with your senior family members. Mm. Get that agreement. Yeah. That if that when they want mm. yeah islah uh, uh, reconciliation, yeah, then Allah will give them the tawfiq, the ability to go ahead, the guidance to go ahead and do it. So um, even when they come to us, that's why you know some of our cases are not adjudicated within you know a month, two months, yeah. three months, because we keep on uh, s- sending them off to go ahead and reach an out of the Sharia Council uh, settlement. Se- uh, settlement. And, and that is look for for long term. Actually, this is a a, a, a nasiha by Umar radiallahu anhu. Yeah. 
turn away the disputing parties until they reconcile. Why? Because the majlis, the sitting, the session of uh, a dispute is something that really causes long-term uh, effects. You know, you will always, mm. that, that will really affect you. And who's going to hurt the most? It's you, your mental health, your kids, they're going to see, you know. Yeah. Uh, and people nowadays using the kids, their children as a weapon to get mm. what they want. That's not what the Sharia wants. That's not why the Sharia legislated these things. That's why the topic of uh, the objectives of the Sharia, the maqasid Sharia. What is the objective of saying this is what you should do or you shouldn't do? If we don't look at that, we're going to lose focus and we're going to apply something that mm. may not have a context. And uh, probably... Um just uh, a lesson in why Sharia councils are so important. Like those that are properly run yeah, Sharia councils that are reputable, mm, with regulated by who? Amongst themselves. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you have to be careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, regulated because some people will look at uh, uh, maybe yeah. take a, a, yeah. a ruling from a book from a thousand years ago and start applying it on themselves and saying this is my. Uh, right, so, you, so you you don't mean regulated. You mean you mean uh, uh, re- like having relevancy and conte- uh, contextualization. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it is one thing I wanted to discuss yeah. uh, about you know what your. Um, out of your research, what is your advice to and your call to, you know, Sharia councils and um, some people might call them courts or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but before that, we have a bit of a, a little segment called You've Been Served. We've uh, got the results from, uh, just to kind of uh, wake up anyone sleeping, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got the results from uh, 100 people being surveyed. Uh, they asked a question, and you're you're supposed to guess what the most common answer was. Yeah, see how much relevancy we have here when we're answering this question. Okay. Um, so, for example, uh, these are food related because somebody said you were a foodie. Now, what? Huh? Somebody said you were a foodie. Okay, I know who that person know. is. A hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know who. I actually, I we'll have go, suspicion. We'll go for a steak a afterwards, inshallah. Huh? We'll go for a steak after this, inshallah. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, tell me a food that has hot in its name. So, what's the what's the most common uh, answer? Do you think that has hot in the name? Hot wings. Hot wings is number four. Nine percent of people answer, answered with that. Okay. Yeah. I think this is an, probably an American. Uh, one of them is hot tamale. I don't even know what that is. Okay. No, it's a it's a Mexican. Yeah, yeah that's dish. probably that's why. Right. Uh, what was number two? Number two, guess number one and two. You haven't got yet. Hot tamales was hot really tamale. threw me off. Number three. Yeah. Number four was hot wings. Yeah. What um, was number three? Hot tamale. You said number one was hot tamale. No, no, no. Number one and two Okay. is uh, still unknown. I know it because I've seen the results. Yeah. I got number one, I think, straight away anyway without looking. Okay. Which it's quite mean? common. What is it? Do you want to guess? <laughs> hot dog. 
Look, I've eaten hot dog maybe once <laughs> or twice in my life. Same here. It's not like that common no, here, but yeah, but it's very common. You in know, the US. Uh, yeah. It's a popular thing. Yeah. And uh, the second thing, you might put on your hot dog. Ah, hot sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah. Hot sauce, yeah. Uh, I can't so believe hot I dog, that. hot sauce, hot tamale, hot wings, hot pocket, and hot peppers. Those were so number five and six. Okay. And the second question is only two. Question. Second question is name a food that New York is famous for. We've been uh, to New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, New York pizza. Pizza is number two. Okay, and New York uh, chicken. Nope, that's not even on the leaderboard. No, it has to be. <laughs> New York chicken. Yeah. Okay. New York steak. No. Uh, New York um, sandwich. Mm, bagel. I'll give you that. It's no, kind of a sandwich. <laughs> no, no. Who said New York bagel is famous? It's number four. Okay, according to the 100 people surveyed? Yeah. Yeah, this is not academic <laughs> or scientific at all. Yeah, where were they That's surveyed? I, I would like They're to They surveyed in uh, Sial Court, Pakistan. La hawla wa It's Kabul. Anyway, uh, number one is... Number one and two, come on, you, 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 can, you can probably guess these. Okay, which is? Number one is the same as last time. <laughs> Hot dogs. No, what was the question? Wh- um, name a food that New York is famous for. So I just told you. Yes, it so has you to be relevant. Uh, I mean, uh, look, my what I say counts as one hundred. <laughs> How's that? Because I'm from. No, that's there. not scientific. So, huh? No, that is very scientific. No, this is a because from a US that's contextual. Audience. Huh? It's from a U.S. audience. Okay, interesting. Yeah. It depends if they're in the Midwest and they've never seen yeah, New York. <laughs> you know. Depends. From what is it? Okay, what is it famous, f- including to non-New Yorkers for? Uh, so hot well, dogs. Okay, fried chicken. One. Fried chicken. I've never. I thought fried chicken was like a Southern states kind of thing. Kentucky. Yeah. No Tennessee. fried chicken because uh, over there, almost, and he, uh, especially well, forget about Kentucky. They have Kennedy fried chicken. Kennedy Fried Chicken is uh, it's a franchise, I think, and it's owned by you know mainly uh, the Muslims, and uh, so it's halal. Um, yeah. But this is only in the East Coast, and given the population um, sector that loves you know chicken, uh, you see one you know definitely uh, in every single in New York. Uh, New York and New Jersey, actually, probably in, in that uh, whole same East same Coast. thing in London as East well. East Coast, huh? <laughs> Maybe you see a chicken shop in every corner. Yeah, but uh, all right. And number, you know, n- when I came here, I asked uh, Mahmoud. He picked me up in my order. I asked him. I said, "How are the fish and chips here?" And he probably he, doesn't know. Huh? No, he he had it <laughs> twice, and he said it's horrible. <laughs> but what I've heard in London, yeah, in London. What I heard is that London is known for its fish and chips. UK is. So now, did I go by the survey or what I was told on, t- you know, on TV or the internet? Or did I go by someone who yeah. actually has that experience? But he has no, no experience. <laughs> I need to clarify. <laughs> a London fish and chips. Huh? Okay, that's a huge fail yeah. on your part. Then. <laughs> yeah, he just took you to the cheaper place, Sheikh. You need to come with the which is what you need to come with the mashaykh of the fasalu uh, ahlu dhikr in kuntublat alamun. Well, yeah. I thought he was ahlu uh, dhikr, but now he is, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. He's from ahlu dhikr in this regard. <laughs> <laughs> 
يو نيد تو جو طيب ليتس كم باك تو الشريعه ان شاء الله اوكي سو ذا سكند ون واز بيتزا نيويورك بيتزا يا اي منشن نيويورك بيتزا ريلي اي منشن نيويورك بيتزا ادتر كان رويند They have the foot long. I had a giant pizza in uh, foot Costco. long. You want me to measure foot that? Long. Yeah, foot long slice. That's tiny. Oh, slice. Yeah, yeah. Foot long slice. Impressive. So Impressive. your your one pizza is yeah. equal to one slice over there. <laughs> That's in true. Yeah. So with well, the diameter at least. Hmm? You have to take into consideration pie. <laughs> What pie? The pizza pie. Yeah, it, yeah for us Americans we we can't we can't see into your multi-layered <laughs> scripted <laughs> even though it says unscripted, unscripted. <laughs> uh you know jokes so yeah i, I need to have translation of his jokes yeah. in well, order for we'll me not to fall prey to it or a sharh maybe one day yeah maybe after we've gone and people uh where some anthropologist finds the tapes uh, the recordings of this one day we have a a, a, a quote now yeah. mahmoud wanted me to read out and yeah. it's from uh, an american scholar he said Make sure children's hearts are tied to their parents. Yeah. Parents cannot raise children by proxy anymore. The old mm. adage that it takes a village to raise a child is no longer valid. You can't rely on others to help because the social norms and limits that used to be there in the past don't exist anymore. The village is no longer in place. You need to be very conscious to tie your children's hearts to you. Yeah. You cannot be absent parents. The first place is showing your children to people who have an excellent marriage and showing them islam worked in their home 100% yeah i may disagree just with one minor statement that he made in very er, uh, yeah. early on uh, about uh, you can't, we can't depend on wh- what did he say Others. about the village the village is no longer in place yeah okay okay all right look uh, you know some of the masajid they were asking uh, me about uh, if i could do uh is uh, youth programs right mm-hmm. and uh, how their focus is youth programs and i told them look um our focus should be the family unit you have a functional family unit the imam the scholar the youth mm-hmm. director he doesn't have to babysit the youth coming to him for the programs all he has to do is just give a h- half an hour lecture yeah. and then you know let them do activities he doesn't have to babysit yeah, yeah. when you have a dysfunctional broken families what's going to happen that kid is going to have a lot of issues do you think he's going to be sitting in that lecture or in that program really concentrating he's going to mm-hmm. be thinking oh i wish my father was like him for example or he doesn't know what i'm going through yeah and wh- why do you think he is loud why do you think he is you know d- disruptive in the classroom in that program why He wants attention because he doesn't get it in his house. Hmm. So what, you know, whoever said that to a very large degree, yeah, we cannot afford. And if you ask the kids, right, what what is the obvious? Let me ask you, what is the number one excuse that absent parents, i.e. W- both working parents, what do they use? Got to pay the bills. No. To make themselves... feel good about it what do they say as an excuse to their kids this is how we did it back in my day <laughs> no this is we were doing this for you, for you. Mm. right you ask that child say don't do it for me 
I want you in the house. Yeah. Don't do it. This is a really, really big issue, uh, but a broader if than you our own family. If you give a child, if mm. you give a child, I'm talking about from to a large degree, okay, a personal experience. Mm. Uh, you know, when when we were in Egypt, me, my wife, and my son, we, when we were there, I, I didn't work. Because I, I was just dedicated to studies Same thing my wife She was dedicated to studies Same thing with my son So what happened? We got You know We went to class together We came out together Everything was done as a family There was no TV There was no watching You know Like YouTube Or anything like that And if we did We would do it together Right? Mm. There was no video games There was nothing like that So what happened Is my son would use his creativity to do whatever else. Whether it was making things from cardboard boxes, mm -hmm. drawing things. The minute I got so busy where I could not take him to certain places, right? Where do you think, he, you know, uh, what did he want to busy himself with? With something that could entertain him. Whether it's video games, or whether it's, you know... Mm -hmm. Watching uh, YouTube videos Why? Because the father Who is supposed to be the role model Right? Mm. He's not fulfilling that Or at least guiding him to that So coming back To that statement I think it speaks volumes You could go ahead and do Another PhD yeah. just on that And do case studies A lot of, a lot of people they, they bring their kids to the imam or something Yeah, after. thinking that he has a magic wand yeah. Okay, that can just fix his kid. No, he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it comes back to the issue that it's a functional or a dysfunctional family. But yeah. it's uh, in, in large part, it's out of the control of the parents, though, because How? this is this is How? a this is a broader. It's been happening for a hundred plus. No, but years you can no, and, but you and, can and control. breaking up the family. No, you can control what your kid sees, watches, goes, hears. Mm. You can control your behavior. You can't control you it if you're, if if the system is geared up towards taking the child away from you at a young age with schooling. Yeah. With now. Yeah, but, but many people uh, ask. So are you saying that you don't have the option of homeschooling? I think most. I'm. Uh, we're homeschoolers, but yeah. we don't. I don't think most people have that option because they ha most couples think that they have to both. Well, work so now. so this is what I'm trying to say is. We do have that option, but we are not giving that option a preference. And it's all about having that preference. Unless they uh, move uh, so, Sorry, not, preference is not the correct word. Priority. Yeah. Yeah. So you have the option of both parents working in order for you to live a certain lifestyle. but you, uh, Or one parent being a stay-at-home, mainly the, the mother. Mm. Yeah, it should be the mother. Uh, and providing that, yeah, yeah, but and so what? What is your priority? Is your priority making, you know, uh, money under the false pretense and assumption that this Doing is for, for the, the bent for the kids, yeah. or is it? No, let me empower them with Islamic values, my values that I was raised, mm. right? So that way they can become uh, 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 the coolness of my eyes. Mm. Instead of the coolness of the corporate system eyes.
Yeah. They can so they won't throw me away when I become old, right? They yeah. will take care of me why? Because I was there for them. So in, in but I threw them in daycare. Yeah. They're going to throw me in a nursing care. So if we don't have our priorities, every single person has an option. Maybe I shouldn't say every single person. Most of us, we have an option. Mm. Okay, let's say I'm not good in science or uh, some of the subjects. I can have like a, a community within the same building, the same you know network. Say, look, I'm good in math. You're good in English. Uh, they're good in uh, science. Let's go ahead and my child will come to you one day. Will come to him, even if it look. It's a far more natural way of learning as well than look in school, in my opinion. If you were to calculate and add up the total number of instructional hours, it's not going to equal seven hours. Yeah, no, it's going to equal two hours. So who says, you know, you don't teach them on the weekend hmm. or after you come back? I mean, there's so many ways around it. So thinking quite radical, I like it. Yeah, why not? Actually, no. There's <laughs> another radical. Um, there's another radical. You know, you have the homeschooling, mm-hmm. and then you have the no schooling. <laughs> no, that that that's actually, but yeah. it's catching steam though. Unschooling. Huh? I, uh, yeah. Sorry, unschooling. Unschooling, yes. unschooling. I mean, homeschoolers they they tend to not like the word homeschooling anyway. They call it home educating. Because they ho- they're, they're yeah, kind of against school. Yeah, but you know, when, when we worry about the semantics, yeah. then we lose focus of what it really accomplished. Mm. But okay, ho- home educating. Just like before they used to say yeah. housewife, but now they says homemaker. <laughs> right? But at the end of the day, yeah. she's a wife who's staying in the house. Mm-hmm. And she's making a home. Mm. Right? So What's unschooling then? Or non-schooling? Unschooling, I think, uh, focuses on uh, not the modern you know curriculum that we know. But it's uh, life skills. Yeah. Yeah. Taking this apart and assembling it back together. Mm. So learning through experience. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. So you're saying basically that that is really how we prevent the problems coming up in the first place. I, I, I don't want to say the number one reason because there's just so mm. many. But you, we could say uh, that that is one of the main. So having a, a functional family where the parents are... You know, um, oh, are you talking about the family unit? Uh, with I thought you were talking about the education. Yeah, I would yeah. say that that is the primary number uh, the one. Parents reason. are present. They they're showing the child. Yeah. Through so their own interaction, oh. how Islam can be lived and yeah. how good marriage. So can let be me done give you in a in a different mm. light. Yeah, let me explain it to you in a different way. The whole world is competing for your child. The Cartoon Network, the Disney Channel, the uh, pornography industry, the alcohol, tobacco industry, the gang industry. Everyone is competing. The, the, the government, right? The corporate world mm. is competing for your child. Don't give it up. Mm. So easy. Equip them. Empower them. So that way when they go, they're equipped and empowered and they have like the shields. You can't shield them. Mm-hmm. yeah. But at least you shield them in a way that they're still productive. And some form of shield is good 
Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to unshield them prematurely. So that's the that's how you uh, you know maybe stem the problem, the marital problems, the family breakdown problems uh, that are happening in the community. But once they, you know, they, how do you fix the problems that? Already exists. I mean, probably you're, yeah, you're so seeing. You, you said you're seeing an increase in number yeah. of uh, cases of people coming to the Islamic Council. Um, yeah. Probably an increase in divorce and and these types of marital problems yeah. as well. Um, and you mentioned you don't just want people turning up to any old council or un, you know um, uh, any old kind yeah of because imam they will be actually doing more harm. Yeah. yeah, I think nowadays uh, people are probably a bit more mature in terms of specialization. Just like how you have in medicine, mm. you don't go to uh, a, a a a regular doctor, what you call a GP, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, for brain surgery, right? you'll go. He can give you just very general, or he um, uh, recommends you. He will recommend you. Probably not even give yeah. you advice. The only advice he will say, look, take I'm some paracetamol. <laughs> no, maybe not. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably tell you, look, I'm going to recommend you to someone yeah. that I know. And likewise, b- uh, you know, if an imam or uh, even a scholar, yeah. uh, this is beyond his remit. He shouldn't take these cases. Yeah, he should uh, like judging between disputes. And judging stuff like between disputes, even yeah. if he's a mufti. And that's why in the Islamic uh, genre, you have like a scholar of fiqh, uh, a scholar of hadith, a scholar of usul al-fiqh, a scholar of ifta, uh, 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 ifta a scholar of qada, mm. right? It doesn't mean they don't do ta'awun because a qadi, right, which is uh, one of the highest authorities in the Islamic uh, scholarship, he has, he should to a large degree uh, consult with a jurist council in mufti. Yeah. Right? Can you explain to the maybe just a uh, just what the terms mean for for an unspecialized audience? So you you mentioned qadi. Yeah, qadi, qadi it means an Islamic judge. And mufti is a jurist consult. Uh, so mufti is a, a mufti person is who gives fatwas. Yeah, who gives a fatwa. But what's the difference between uh, uh, judging and, and uh, yeah, judgment issuing a fatwa? Yeah, a verdict. Uh, sorry. Issuing an edict. What's the difference? Yeah, forget about the English uh, <laughs> translation. What's mm. the difference between issuing a fatwa and issuing a judgment? Mm. I want to ask you. I know the answer, but I'm just saying for the purpose of uh, the people watching. Mm. No, I would like to hear. <laughs> so anyway. a, qada, a, a, a qadi is someone with authority and specifically for a dispute, right? I think when a fatwa is a general ruling on something, for or a ruling on a person, a qadi. Or a judgment would be this person's coming to me when it comes to a dispute or something he has with another person. Okay, very good. Yeah. So that those were the keywords. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Those were the keywords I was looking for. That yeah. a fatwa is for one person. Mm. Someone says, you know, I slept uh, in a sitting position. Do I have to make wudu? Mm. Whereas a qadi, you don't go to him for that. Yeah. He. Iqadi is when you have two or more disputing people. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And the other secondary, or you could even say primary difference, is a fatwa is non-binding. Oh, yeah. Islamically. Which means, if that fatwa uh, 
doesn't sit well in your heart because it doesn't lack um, evidence uh, or you found it to be weird or you wanted to get you, a second you opinion. You found a better one somewhere else. Well, you know, <laughs> okay, maybe. Fatwa shopping. Fatwa shopping. Yeah. I wrote about fatwa shopping in my master's degree, but yeah. uh, okay. So, you know, what is known as fatwa shopping. So you you do have the option of not following that. Mm. Of course, making sure that you follow the Islamic ethos that hawa, your desires are not there. Yeah. Whereas in Islamic uh, judgment Qadha. A judiciary judgment Is Islamically binding Right mm. And in an Islamic uh, State with a With a Muslim leader It would be Legally binding as well Yeah And mm. so A lot of the shari- uh, You know People were asking me in, in the US Okay If we were to do Islamic uh, Council Sharia councils in America With regards to Family disputes uh, where uh, it's not legally binding I told them Well it doesn't have to be legal We can work on it It would require a, a good team of Changing uh, the law and Yeah so. Just like the Bed-Din the, You know the Jews They have uh, an Islamic uh, mm-hmm. judiciary system Within the judiciary system yeah, of America yeah. Why can't we have the Sharia Within the judiciary system And yeah. I, I think uh, you know the judiciary system throughout the world have has actually facilitated that. So, uh, it's, uh, it's how does somebody know though that they're going? Someone someone has an issue. They go to yeah. the local mosque or whatever. Yeah. How do they know that the answer that person's giving them is a fatwa or qada? I mean, look. Uh, uh, if well, in other words, is it binding on me or is it not? Well, it depends. If it's two people, hmm. that's a, a a judgment between two people, and if it's one person. It's just a, a fatwa, right? So but it it does boil down to a person's taqwa, yeah. right? How much taqwa do you? Why why are you going? How do you how Allah? do you know the how does the person know that the person on the end of the question is is qualified and properly? Well, you have to do your due diligence, yeah. right? You can't just go. How do you know that that GP is a good GP? What do you do? Because you of something you don't. You didn't. You didn't want for Sharia Council, which is regulation. There's external bodies that say, like the GMC, General Medical Council, very strict. If some do- doctor doing something dodgy, they're struck yeah. off. They're not yeah. allowed to practice medicine. Yeah. You don't have something like that for. No, no, Sharia no. My question was, why do you choose between two or three or a pool of ten GPs? Mm. How? Why? You will go ahead and ask around. You will go ahead and look at results. Mm. And uh, also an element of uh, of trust. I'm sure yeah. you're aware of the the speed of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah speed of trust. In your mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's that element of trust, right? Yeah. Uh, the element of uh, competence. Why are you against regulation then? Who says I was against regulation? You said we shouldn't use regulation, or is it because if the, if it's something's regulated, it's it's prone for corruption or being co-opted? No, regulations in which field? I didn't understand. A regulation of uh, Sharia, Sharia councils. You're talking about from a legal uh, point of view. So, for example, I mean, I mean, Sheikh Haytham used to say this a lot and give us kind of whenever we come to a lesson, he'd give some story about how some cowboy imam somewhere gave a khula without, you know, following due the due process and yeah. stuff. Yeah. How do we, are you for regulating then these people that are doing qada and, and having some kind of to, to stop cowboy imams? You know, when you say regulation, it implies some sort of a legal. Mm. Type of a backing But what we can do Is raise that awareness um, That look uh, We make sure that 
uh, who do you uh, put your akhirah in in mm. in their hands yani just like how the health, your health you are so careful that you're going to put your health in the most competent surgeon yeah. doctor lawyer right when you're getting a divorce you're going to get the best lawyer or at least the one that you could afford right so when uh, you are resolving your disputes make sure it's someone who has uh yani competency to a high mm. degree because that's your akhirah that's your deen yeah and you don't want them mm. you know that you don't want them to go ahead and uh, issue erratic you know uh, uh decisions or judgments that are based not based on on the sharia not based upon uh, some of the 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 most basic principles of the Sharia, which is, mm -hmm. for example, one of them is islah. Try that. Try to reconcile. Uh, re before. Try to reconcile because we have mm. heard cases in which, uh, like you've mentioned, uh, some of these so-called cowboys, uh, cowboy imams, would go ahead and end a marriage within three weeks. And one 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 person, when I mentioned this to, he said that's a drive-by khula. <laughs> You know? A drive-through. Uh, yeah, sorry, a drive-through. Yeah, yeah, you could even say a drive-by, like right. Yeah, yeah, drive-through. What is this? Three weeks. Even if you go to com uh, some of the most communist countries, like China, they have a four-month cooling-off period. Meaning they don't even you apply the application, they don't even okay. do anything to your case until four months. Because they know you're s in, in such a emotional state, you're gonna say and do whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. After four months, if that's really something that you want, right? Then yeah. they will go ahead and, and and process you, and then from there, they will you know it will take six months, a year, two years. Yeah. Uh, and so there's. So I mean, it's it, uh, this is a fascinating area, and I yeah. think, uh, Mashallah, Islamic Council is doing lots of great work, and it's it's good to see such an important. You know, institution for our community and a symbol of Islam in public, really, yeah. where people are, mashayikh um, uh, and imams from all over the country and even different countries now, are coming and sharing best practice and sharing the proper due process of yeah. how to, you know, take this, uh, um, this mantle of of issuing Islamic judgments and and qada seriously and 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 with the proper uh, protocol and, and due process, mashallah. Yeah. Um, as is the, the 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 case with normally with good and and, and interesting conversations, I, I always have a lost track of time. So, I'm afraid we have to uh, end it there. We have to get you to your next appointment and get get okay, get you some steak and uh, some Thank nice food, much. inshallah. Yeah. But barakallah fiq Sheikh Dr. Ali Ahmed for joining. And Zakmullah Khairan, you for joining at home. Uh, thanks for watching. If you like this podcast, give it a like and a share. Remember to let us know in the comments below if you agree, disagree, you want to get involved in the conversation at all. And uh, it's, that's it from me. See you next time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.